Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. Terrible start. Focus. (laughs) Let's try again. Run the intro again. No. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football <laughs> Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today. She is making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hello. She's a squirrel expert. Um, no, apparently it's Tony the Squirrel Whisperer, which the, the I like better. Whisperer. Which uh, Something to clear up real whoa, fast. Whoa, whoa. Okay, yeah. Because, you, you got really excited there. Yeah, well, um, so I know like a couple people yesterday were confused about the pre-show, and then today it seems like people, maybe new people are confused, or people that are here telling us that we need to talk about football. Just to, like, the pre-show is not meant to talk about football. We specifically don't talk about football so if you're looking for football content just don't watch the pre-show or two this is like like we football for a living and football takes over our life so like this five minutes that we get to not talk about football is kind of refreshing so that's why we do it um yeah if you don't want to hear it then don't listen then tune in at noon yeah that's when the actual show starts we can talk about squirrels or baseball or literally whatever we want during those first five minutes and we enjoy it so if you don't like it don't watch it Y'all are getting sassy, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Sorry we talked about squirrels <laughs> on our show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Today's Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. 16 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 1065. Am I allowed to mention what episode number it is? No. You guys let me know in the comments if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm allowed to tell you that it's 16 days till Thanksgiving, which I've done every show for 1,065 shows. Yes. <laughs> episode 1,065. 1,065, the Josh Thompson episode. John Thompson episode. On today's show, friends, we are going to continue breaking down the brackets, the 2A and 1A brackets today. We're going to do the Bracketology. We've also got a number of big announcements, including the Whataburger Super Team ballot. Uh, We will tell you all about that. You can vote for which players you believe deserve a spot on the Whataburger Super Team. We'll announce Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week and the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coaches of the Week. And middle of the show-ish, I should have blocked this out better, middle of the show, (laughs) 
We will announce the 25 semifinalists for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award. How Today's a fun show. How about that? We had a lot. Big show. Big show. Full of football. <laughs> Do we have first four through the door? Do we even deserve to have first That's four right. through the door this week? You know y'all what? Are, y'all are in a bad mood and yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, let's take it away. It's like you know what? you're in time No Alfred. first four through the door today. <laughs> I'm making an executive decision as the executive producer of this show, which is a title I just gave myself. All right. <laughs> the Texas High School football playoffs start this weekend, uh, including in Class 2A. We broke down the 2A Division One bracket uh, region by region. Here is Bracketology for 2A Division One here on Texas Football Today. Bracketology presented by Dave Campbell's Texas Football, breaking down the 2020 UIL Texas High School Football Playoff Brackets. I'm Greg Tepper, and this is 2A Division I. A lot of fun in this bracket. And, and all, all the focus, I think, is going to be on one particular region. We'll get there at the back half of this preview. But I do think that this team, this bracket, has a chance to be really fun. And there's a lot of teams that, if they get hot at the right time, they have a chance to make a very, very deep run, potentially all the way to AT&T Stadium. So a lot of depth here in 2A Division One. Let's start with Region 1, where actions have consequences, right? Let's talk about San Saba losing in Week 11 to Cisco, because that is a super, super important position, because Cisco gets sent here, down here at the bottom half of the bracket, while San Saba has to deal with what I think is the very dirty side of the region. This is a very tough uh, region here that they got put into because you're, you're dealing with, in my opinion, the favorites come out of Region 1 in post. Right here, they got an interesting first-round matchup against West Texas, but I think they'll be favored there. Meanwhile, San Saba's going to have to go through four sand, not a pushover in the Buffaloes, and then they're probably going to play Panhandle. If you haven't seen Panhandle, Panhandle is wild. Panhandle will just score on you. They are a high-powered offense. And so as a result, you've got San Saba, you've got Panhandle, you've got Post. I think Post, as a result, has the nice, easy, uh, not easy, but they've got the, the more manageable path to a regional semifinal where they would say either San Saba or Panhandle. Down here, for Cisco, uh, uh, your actions have consequences in a good way. Okay, Cisco is probably going to be a favorite over Stanford. Then they take on either Olton or New Deal. I think New Deal is going to be a slight favorite in that one. They'll be fav- but Cisco will be a favorite, I think, make it all the way to a regional final, although Hawley and Sundown, to me, represent the two biggest challenges. Make no mistake, for me, I think Post is the favorite here, but you've got enough landmines here in San Saba, in Panhandle, who just plays wild, in Anson, who I think is really interesting, in Hawley, who runs the ball exceptionally well, in Cisco, who's playing great defense right now. This is a really interesting bracket that uh, in region that I think Post, again, is at the top of, but all it takes is one. All it takes is one, and, and one bad game from post, and suddenly things get blown up out of proportion in Region 1. Let's go to Region 2. In Region 2, this is a region where I'm not sure there's one overwhelming favorite, but I think there are a couple teams that have my eye. One is Lindsay, the champions of District 5. They've got an outstanding senior quarterback. Junior quarterback? Colt Shuckers, I think he's a junior. He's unbelievable at the quarterback spot uh, for Lindsay. I think that he gives the Knights a great chance to make it all the way to a regional semifinal and beyond, where they may see a team like Bosqueville, they may see a team like Cupper. I think that team has been excellent all year long. The bottom half of the bracket is a little bit more interesting. Crawford has been exceptional. Even with a new coaching staff, they have really figured things out and been great. They could have a second-round matchup against either Rivercrest or Collinsville, who provide really interesting challenges in different ways. Italy is an interesting squad. The District 8 champion, I think, 
uh, is a team that has flown under people's radar, but they are playing very well with a, a really interesting test against Rio Vista in, in round one. They could see Alvord in the second round. Uh, this is a region that I think is careening towards a Crawford versus Lindsay regional final, but enough teams here with enough quality to make things interesting. Let's go over to region three now, where I one of the interesting things about this bracket is the whole structure of Region 3 got entirely shaken up because there's one team that's not here. This is a region about who's not here, and that is St. Augustine. St. Augustine, of course, has, I think they've won three of the last five Region 3 championships. I mean, they have been an absolute juggernaut, had a difficult year this year, missed the playoffs. That opens up a ton of variety and a ton of teams that could take advantage of it. Let's talk about some of the real Cinderella stories of this year. Let's talk about the Timpson Bears. Let's talk about how Kerry Thurwanger has turned this team around and turned them into an absolute juggernaut. They have been unbelievable. Let's talk about the Joaquin Rams, whose only loss in the year is to the aforementioned Timpson. That is a team to keep an eye on. Let's talk about Norman G, who finished the year undefeated, right? They have been exceptional down there in the Brazos Valley. Let's talk about Hearn. Coach Ricky Sargent's done an unbelievable job with the Eagles. This is an ap a really, really fun region now, suddenly without that kind of big looming presence of St. Augustine. So where do you go? We didn't even mention Hawkins, who had an unbelievable undefeated season, who has a first round matchup with a tough garrison squad. Holland, I think, is going to be tough to beat. Centerville is a team to keep an eye on. This is a, and I didn't even mention this matchup. Julian and Thorndale is one of the best first round matchups in the state at any level. Price Carlisle is dangerous. I look up and down here, and without San Augustine, without that kind of looming presence of the juggernaut in Region 3, suddenly it's wide open. It's anybody's region. And this is going to be, to me, if you only pay attention to one region in the smaller classification brackets, make it Region 3 of 2A Division 1, because it is going to be insane. Let's go to Region 4 now, where I think it's a little bit less insane because I think you've got two teams that have risen to the top and are careening on a collision course in the regional final. And that would be, of course, the number one team in the state, the Shiner Comanches, up here at the very top of the bracket. And at the top of the bottom half of the region, you have Refurio. The Bobcats, of course, they have played, last year they played in a regional final, Refurio with a wild comeback, and Shiner's not forgotten that. China's not forgotten that, and I think that they are they're hungry for that. Now, can they get out of here? They, they would have to make it through, a, 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 a I would say, the tougher part, maybe, of the bracket. They, I think Mason maybe is not the Mason of old, but they have figured things out as the season has gone on. But I think Shiner's the favorite to come out of the top half of the bracket. For Refurio, I think, I think second round could provide some trouble, okay? Because you're talking about Ozona or Flatonia, two really, really dangerous squads. I think Flatonia is a very dangerous three seed coming out here. And if they get to a regional semifinal, they would probably see a team like Ganado. So overall, it's not, I would say Refurio got the tougher draw here, but I think it's Shiner, Refurio going at it for a spot in the regional, uh, in, in the state semifinal. So when you take a look overall at, at 2A Division One. I think you've got a variety of different fun regions. Region one, who knows, right? And Post is probably the favorite, but they gotta go through a tough part of the region and then they'd probably see a team like Cisco in the regional final. Region two, who knows, right? Lindsay, uh, Crawford, is there another team that can make a run? Could, uh, could a team like Italy get hot? I mean, you don't really know. Region three, as we talked about, so many different contenders here because there's not that one looming threat of the, like, the, the inevitability 
of St. Augustine. And then Region 4, I think we're all just kind of waiting for Shiner versus Refurio. That may, in fact, be the de facto state championship game. Those might be the two best teams in the state. Look, 2A Division 1 is going to be a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun, but this year in particular, with the new dynamics that realignment has given us, this is going to be a fun region to watch, and we are going to have you completely covered at TexasFootball.com. There it is, Bracketology for 2A Division 1. As I mentioned there, I think we're all kind of waiting for... We we all just think it's like Shiner Refurio, right? And then probably, I think Post is probably the favorite on the other side of the bracket. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, like, if you're a a dork... Which you all are if you're watching this show. Yeah, you are. (laughs) I mean that lovingly usually, but not today. Um, We... Uh, I think Region 3 has a chance to be the most fun. Yes. Because it's just, because again, as I mentioned in the video, it's just, it's it's who's not there, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, there's a vacuum and it's got to be filled by somebody. And it's like, well, why not Timpson? Why not Joaquin? Why yeah. not Norman G? Well, why not Hawkins? Why not Hearn, right? And it's really cool that not only is San Augustine not there just to completely blow everyone over, but the fact that there are multiple oh, good yeah. teams that stepped up. There's not just like the second place person that's right. going to go fill their spot. You're so right. You're exactly right. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Two Division One is going to be a lot of fun. We'll have you covered at TexasFootball.com slash playoffs. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Whataburger are proud to team up to honor the best and brightest stars in Texas high school football with the announcement of the 300-player ballot for the 2020 Whataburger Super Team. Texas high school football fans nominated more than 5,500 players. I know because I was the one who went through them. (laughs) More than 5,500 players were nominated on TexasFootball.com, and we narrowed it down to 300-player ballot uh, which now we leave up to you to vote for the 40 honorees. Fans can now vote on which players they believe deserve a spot on the 2020 Whataburger Super Team by voting at texasfootball.com slash whatasuperteam. That's texasfootball.com slash whatasuperteam. The headliners of the 2019 Whataburger Super Team included uh, Texas A&M quarterback Haynes King from Longview, Ohio State receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba from Rockwall, Oklahoma receiver Marvin Mims from Frisco Lone Star, Alabama athlete Drew Sanders from Denton Ryan, and Texas A&M defensive back Jalen Jones from Cibolo Steel. So vote now at texasfootball.com slash what a super team. We've taken the the nominees. We had to cull it down to 300. That was no fun. But now we leave it up to you. You can have four. You, you, we will uh, honor 40 players as part of the 2020 Whataburger Super Team. But that is entirely up to you at texasfootball.com slash whatasuperteam. Vote now. texasfootball.com slash whatasuperteam for the 2020 Whataburger Super Team. Dude, I could mess up a patty melt right now. How is that any different from any other moment of your life? <laughs> well, he just, I mean, staring at the Whataburger logo for that long kind of. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> Let's continue our look at the brackets uh, across the state of Texas and Texas high school football. We've made it to the smallest 11-man classification, 2A Division II. Uh, a fun bracket with some major upsets in the uh, potentially. Uh, we break it all down. Here is Bracketology for 2A Division II here on Texas Football Today.
Bracketology, presented by Dave Campbell's Texas Football, breaking down the 2020 UIL Texas High School Football Playoff Brackets. I'm Greg Tepper. That is 2A Division II, the smallest 11-man classification in the UIL. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. I think when you take a look at the bracket as a whole, I think you got big favorites in three of the four regions. Okay? And teams certainly to beat in three of the four regions. There's another region that could be really wide open. Is there an upset in the making that's what we will find out as we go on. We will start with Region 1, which does have, in my opinion, a favorite, and that would be the Wellington Skyrockets, the champions of District for uh, their their uh, Week 11 win over Wheeler in really impressive fashion, cemented for me them as the, as the team to beat in Region 1. Now, look, I don't think it's going to be a walkover because I think they could have a second-round matchup with Wink, and I think Wink is a really, really talented team that's got a lot of explosive playmakers. Keep an eye on them. Up here at the top half of the bracket, you're going to have a couple of really interesting first-round matchups. I think Stratford-Clarendon has a chance to be really really interesting. I think Wheeler-Sunright has a chance to be really interesting. If you're looking for a sleeper, keep an eye on McKamey, a team that started slow, finished hot. If you're into teams that are playing their best ball right now, McKamey's got to be the team to beat. Also, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Vega. State-ranked Vega, I think flying under the radar. Their defense has been excellent. They run the ball really well. I like this Vega team. They could give Wellington some trouble in a semi in a regional semifinal. But look, make no mistake, I think Wellington is the team to beat, but it will not be an easy road for the Skyrockets. Let's go to Region 2 now, where again, I think you have a, per, a proverbial kind of over-the-top favorite here in Region 2, which is the Hamlin Pied Pipers. The runners-up from last year, they are back. They have been absolutely smashing people. And I don't see anybody that can give them a ton of trouble, maybe until you reach a regional semifinal, which is when they could see a team like Quana, who's had a very nice year, the champions of District 6, or a team like Munster, who's always in the mix. I think they've got one of the best coaching staffs in the state. On the bottom half of the bracket, it's a little bit more wide open and a couple of teams you can dream on. I like this Windthorse team. I think they are underrated, a team that is, is, is playing exceptionally well right now and a team to keep an eye on. I think that Archer City is a team to keep an eye on as well. Lockney is a team that, that kind of struggled late. They scuffled late. They were undefeated going into, I believe, the, the, the second to last week of the playoffs. If they can turn it around, they've certainly got the talent. You've got Albany. Uh, you doubt any faith at your own peril. That is one of the best coaches in Texas high school football history, but they could have a second-round matchup with Rawls, and the Jackrabbits have been excellent this year. I think Region 2 has a chance to be fun, especially the bottom half of this bracket, but make no mistake, I think Hamlin has to be your favorite to come out of Region 2, which, again, could set up a really fun semifinal between Hamlin and Wellington. All right, let's matriculate over to Region 3. And this is where the favorite of all favorites lies, Okay. If Mart doesn't come out of Region 3, it would represent to me one of the biggest upsets of the year. This is an, a, an unbelievable team that nobody has really come close to at the 2A Division 2 level. I think that they beat their district opponents, including, by the way, a good Bremont team by an average of like 70 points. I mean, they have been absolutely dominating people with Rodrell Freeman, that unbelievable defense. Coach Kevin Hoffman has them playing exceptionally well. And of course, they are the defending state champs. Okay, so who can challenge Mart? Just hypothetically. Let's go up here on the top. I think Love Lady's an interesting team. I think Love Lady's got a chance because of the way that they play. They have a chance to maybe give Mart a bit of a scare. Uh, you've got a number of teams up here. I think I think Hubbard might be one of the best uh, four seeds in the state. I really like this Hubbard team, but they've got a tough matchup with district champion Sims Bowie. Uh, Hold I said and West Sabine will be a lot of fun. At the bottom half of the bracket, this is the this is the dirty side of the region. Okay, this is the dirty side of the region, especially right here, because you could have a second round matchup of Tenhaw 
and Bremon, and that's going to be fun. I'm really excited about that. I think that that has a chance. The winner of the winner of that game, I think, will be the the chief challenger to Mart. But again, I, I hate to be like this. It feels like it's Mart in the field, okay? Because they are head and shoulders to me the best team in 2A Division Two, let alone Region Three. Okay, let's go to Region Four now. And this is the region where maybe we don't have a favorite, right? We talked about Ham or Wellington up here. We talked about uh, Wellington, or I'm sorry, Hamlin right here. We talked about Mart over here. Here, who is it, right? False City, I need to fix that typo. False City, of course, I think uh, is the champion of region, four, the reigning champion of region four, and they deserve the respect, I think, in that regard. I think they figured it out as the season uh, has gone on. I think that they were very young and they're starting to peak at the right time, but they've got a tough road. A real tough road. I think Granger is an is an underrated team uh, there in Region 4. I also think that you can keep an eye on Dehennis, a team that plays very physical football and maybe can match the physicality of Fall City. Up here in the top half of the bracket, this is a really interesting first-round matchup. Burton is a team that I think fell short of their expectations, but they're starting to figure things out against an underrated Cristoval team. I think Cristoval is maybe... If it's not going to, right now, I would say if it's not going to be Fall City, I would say it's going to be Cristobal. I think that that team is really interesting. Keep an eye on them. And keep an eye on the Snook Blue Jays. I think that they are playing really well right now. So, when you take a look overall at the district, or at the at the bracket, right? I think you got a favorite in Wellington. I think you got a favorite in Hamlin. I think you got a banging semifinal, potentially, in, in uh, Wellington versus Hamlin. Over here on this side, I mean, you look at a team like Mart, I, I, again, I would be stunned if they didn't come out of Region 3, but you never know. It's Texas high school football. And down here, if they see Fall City, if they see Cristobal, can they challenge them? That is something that remains to be seen. They have been not, they've really not been pushed. I will say that if Mart makes it to a title game, I think either Wellington or Hamlin could give them a could give them a big-time challenge. It's not going to be a walkover for Mart if they make it to AT&T Stadium. A lot to go, though. We've got six weeks until we get there, and we will have you covered the entire way at TexasFootball.com. There it is, Bracketology. 2A Division Two, the smallest 11-man classification. We break it down. As I mentioned, like, there is definitely, like, favorites in three of the four, in my opinion. Um, and, and it would be, as you know especially like Mart up in Region 3, it would be pretty shocking if they didn't come out of Region 3. But, you know, that's why they play the games, y'all. That's why they play the games, you never know. And and by the way, I think you could have, if things play out like we think they could, I think you could have a pair of really awesome semifinal matchups, mm-hmm. which would be fun. So, anyway, that's Bracketology. You can find that at texasfootball.com slash playoffs. Speaking of texasfootball.com slash playoffs. Yes. Listen. Open your, open ears, your ears and listen. <laughs> Because we don't have a show tomorrow, so I can't remind you of this. Okay? If you want to participate in the Dave Campbell's Texas football, high school football playoff pick'em, got to go fill it out today. And by today, I mean yesterday. And by yesterday, I mean as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Because you have to get it in by the time that the first game kicks off, which I think is 6 o'clock Thursday. Okay? You have to get your uh, your your picks in. Six o'clock Thursday is the deadline. Don't come crying to me if you if you don't get it in in time. TexasFootball.com for the playoff pick'em. You're you're picking the the winners of all the state champions, uh, championships and stuff like that. So TexasFootball.com slash uh, I think it's TexasFootball.com slash pick'em maybe. 
That's not good. Texaball.com. You can find the link for the playoff pick 'em. You got to get in by Thursday. Thursday, 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 Thursday. You have to have it in by Thursday. You have to have it in by Thursday. We're do, we're trying to help you out here. <laughs> hey, Pickle. Quick question. When do you have to have it in by? Thursday. 4 p.m. Thursday. 4 p.m. Thursday. 4 p.m. Thursday. Do 4 p.m. You have to have it in at 4 p.m. Thursday. When? 4 p.m. on Thursday. I just got a Slack message from Step, which means it's official. 4 p.m. Thursday. Thursday. 4 p.m. Thursday. You don't have to believe us, but you have to believe Step. Get it in by 4 p.m. Thursday. <laughs> One more time, playoff pick 4 p.m. Thursday. 4 p.m. Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's now get to this, Miss Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas football is proud to honor one team from each classification with the Team of the Week Award. The, sco- the schools selected throughout the course of the program have exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 11, Dave Campbell's Texas football teams of the week in 6A. Oh, no. You got the wrong graphic up. <laughs> We're doing that later. Shoot, what are we doing? Coach of the week? Team of the week. Team of the week, sorry. It's going great. I got it, I got it, oh, I got we're it. We're going to do it again, I ready? Yep. Because we got to clip this for YouTube. Ready? In three, two, <laughs> one. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one team from each classification with a Team of the Week award. The schools selected throughout the course of this program have exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your week 11, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, Katie Tompkins. Jalen Milrow found Joshua McMillan for three touchdown passes, and the Falcons' defense put up a relentless performance as Tompkins took down Katie 24-19, snapping the Tigers' 75-game district winning streak. In 5A, Fort Worth Northside, fueled by a big fourth quarter led by star Dwayne Lofton, the Steers pulled away from district foe Fort Worth Polytechnic for a 28-13 victory, moving to 5-0 for the first time since 1946. Good job. In 4A... Lampasas, the Badgers soared past district rival Fredericksburg 56-20, clinching the program's first undefeated regular season since 1923. In 3A, Teague, in a winner-go-home regular season finale against rival Fairfield, the Lions stood tall, withstanding the Eagles' attack to bring home a 28-21 victory and clinch a playoff spot for the ninth consecutive season. In 2A, Olney, after winning just three games in the past, previous eight seasons combined, the Cubs are headed for the playoffs for the first time since 2006 after a 38-0 romp over Monday. In 1A, Spur. In a thrilling season finale, the Bulldogs held off district rival Lorraine to bring home an overtime victory, 81-75. And in the private school ranks, Dallas St. Mark's. In a low-scoring slugfest, the, Tiger, the Lions got a touchdown run from sophomore Keats Leffel and another scoring strike from Alex Natalini to Kit Colson. And the defense did the rest, earning their first win of the season with a 14-0 victory over Dallas Greenhill. So those are your Dave Campbell's Texas football teams of the week. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Let's move to the six-man ranks. 1A Division One. Let's break down the bracket region by region. Uh, or Later today, by the way, if you're an insider, I will have a podcast up with our six-man insider, Granger Huntress, uh, about, um, about the the six-man football brackets, the 1A Division One brackets, and the 1A Division Two brackets. We are now going to break down the 1A Division One bracket here in Bracketology here on Texas Football Today.
Bracketology presented by Dave Campbell's Texas Football, breaking down the 2020 UIL Texas High School Football Playoff Bracket. I'm Greg Tepper, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. This is 1A Division One. We're talking six-man football, and we've got heavyweights everywhere. I think this has a chance to be pound for pound the most fun bracket in the state. It is really going to be, uh, as soon as we get really past the first round, Every week, you're going to have bangers. You're going to have outstanding games because I think, especially at the top, the, the UIL did a really good job of spreading these teams out so that you have these powers in a lot of districts that are going to start colliding as early as round one, but especially in the second round. Let's start with region one. Okay, this is insane. I think this region is crazy good, okay? You've got Borden County, of course, a team I think that needs no introduction. The Coyotes have been unbelievable under Coach Trey Ritchie. I think this team is in for a run. But, of course, they've got Kroll, who is, I think, a sleeper in this region. Spring Lake Earth, off to a fantastic start. Uh, an unbelievable year as they are still transitioning down to the six-man level. But they get White Deer out of the gates. And Hunter Warminski is a superstar for the Bucks. Meanwhile, Knox City off to a great start. Big O'Donnell. I think the Eagles are really solid as well. And then you've got Happy and Petersburg in the first round of the playoffs. I think right now, once you get past this run, I'll say this. You will have a two seed, a B seed, beat an A seed. I, I think that's going to happen because there's too much talent in those second place finishers. Region one was always going to be loaded, but when you take a look here, once you see the eight teams that comprise it, it is really ridiculous. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. One of the most unpredictable regions. I think I look towards Borden County as the favorite, but Happy's playing very well as well. Let's go to region two now. I mean, what do you say? Okay, you got the number one team in the state in Sterling City, who of course beat Westbrook, their district rival. By the way, I think there's a fair argument that Westbrook might be the second best team in the state in 1A Division One. That's not even to mention a team like Ira, who is a district champion of District 7. I think that team is really loaded playing their best ball right now. And then there's Rankin. Deshaun Goodley has been unbelievable for the Red Devils, and they think that this is their year. So, and then by the way, I think Hermley is a really solid team as well. This is a, a, a absolute cavalcade of contenders here in Region 2. Uh, I think you're going to get a Sterling City Rankin second round matchup, which is going to be one of the best games in the state at any level. Uh, I, I think the winner of Ira Westbrook has a chance to make a run. I think Garden City is dangerous as well. So Region 2, absolutely ridiculous. Let's now matriculate over to Region 3. Okay. Here, you've got the defending state champs in Blum. They got off to a slow start. I think they're starting to figure things out, and their defense, I think, has been excellent all year long. That's a team to keep an eye on, of course, as the defending champs, but they've got a tough road to hoe, especially with one of the breakout stars of this year, Abbott. The Panthers have been great. Terry Crawford has that team rolling. Their defense has been spectacular. A bit of an interesting challenge in week one against Avalon, a team that got in uh, on a tie break on the last uh, on the last night. Union Hill has been playing very well uh, as well. I think this team is going to, this region is going to be a lot of fun. Keep it on St. Joe. I think St. Joe might be a little bit underrated this year, but overall, I look at this as Abbott Blum, maybe into a regional final. At that point, uh, you throw it up in the air. Those are two coaching staffs, by the way, that know each other extremely, extremely well. Let's go to region four now. Region 4 has got a lot of fun as well, okay? Especially when you take a look at the uh, a potential second-round matchup. Let's say that form holds, right? Hypothetically. Let's say that all the district champs win. That means you would have May and Jonesboro in a second-round matchup. That's an, that's an unbelievable matchup. Tigers, I think, have been excellent this year. Uh, maybe flying a little bit under the radar. And then you maybe have Lakey and Water Valley. 
That is an outstanding matchup. Water Valley is an interesting team that, that got off to a slow start. I think they've been hit pretty hard by COVID, but they have figured it out and been outstanding when they've been on the field. Going up against Lakey, who, of course, still a relatively nascent uh, six-man program, they have been excellent this year as well. I think you've got a lot of fun, especially once you get past this first round. This second round may be the most loaded in the state. So when you take a look overall at 1A Division One. I don't know if you really have a power region. I think maybe you would lean towards region two when you're talking about Sterling City uh, and Westbrook and you're talking about Rankin. That might be it. But I would also say that region one's got a ton of balance. I think region three's got two contenders at the very least in Abbott and Blum. And then down here, it seems like it's anybody's ballgame between the district champions. So 1A Division one, it's going to be a lot of fun and we will have complete coverage for you at TexasFootball.com. There it is. Bracketology for 1A Division one. Six-man football bracket in Division One. We are going to have complete coverage for you at TexasFootball.com. And as I mentioned, uh, hoping to have a podcast up a little bit later today for insiders with our six-man football insider, Granger Hunters from SixmanFootball.com, breaking down uh, the brackets. So TexasFootball.com, we'll have that up as soon as we can. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. I'm ready this time. Are you sure? Yes. How sure? Um, ready and... Boom. Graphic. So, let's talk about... Let me find my read first. See, because I'm not ready now. Oh, man. Oh, how the turntables have, have turned. turned. Yes, absolutely. They have absolutely turned. Okay. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the leading publication for all things football in Texas, and the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the 25 semifinalists for the Mr. Texas Football High School Player of the Year Award presented by Wells Fargo. The Mr. Texas Football presented by Wells Fargo annually recognizes the most outstanding high school football player in the state of Texas. Each week, fans are given the opportunity to vote for the Player of the Week at TexasFootball.com. At the end of the football season, the 10 finalists will be named. Fans can then cast their vote for who should be named the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year. The winner of the 2020 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award presented by Wells Fargo will be announced prior to the 2020 Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, which will be played December 31st at NRG Stadium in Houston. It's my distinct pleasure to unveil the 25 city finalists for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award, starting with... Do you have a graphic? Mm-mm. You didn't get a graphic? No. Oh, Kendall sent me one. Well. <laughs> that seems bad. Here. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, that seems, I thought you were going to throw a graphic up. Mm-mm. Anyway, hold on. She said, will this work? Here, I'll send this to you. I don't know if we're going to be able to get it up in time. Anyway, we'll probably have to redo this. It's fine. Um, anyway, the semifinalist. Alito athlete Jojo Earl. Bridgeland quarterback Connor Weekman, Brock running back Cash Jones. Cedar Park quarterback Ryder Hernandez. Corpus Christi Miller quarterback Andrew Body, Denton Ryan athlete Jatavian Sanders. Eastland quarterback, Baron Morton. Flower Mound Marcus quarterback, Garrett Nussmeyer. Galena Park North Shore quarterback, Demetrius Davis. Grandview quarterback, Dane Yench. Huntsville defensive tackle, Ed Bobino. Jordanton quarterback, Cole Andrus. Katie Tompkins quarterback, Jalen Milrow. Lampasas quarterback, Ace Whitehead. Lindale running back, Jordan Jenkins. Lindsey quarterback, Colt Shuckers. Lubbock Coronado quarterback, Sawyer Robertson. Mart athlete, Rodrell Freeman. Port Lavaca Calhoun running back, Steve Johnson. 
Rankin running back Deshaun Goodley. Rockwall quarterback Braden Locke. Sherilyn Pioneer quarterback Eddie Lee Marburger. South Lake Carroll quarterback Quinn Ewers. Texas High linebacker Clayton Smith. And Troy running back Zach Urbachik. Those are the 25 semifinalists for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award. Uh, we will announce the 10 finalists later in uh, later next month. And then we will announce the winner of the 2020 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award prior to the state championship game in mid-December. Of course, it all leads up to the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl uh, at NRG Stadium in Houston on December 31st. All right, Pickle, let's move on to the smallest classification in the UIL, 1A Division II, the smallest classification. We are uh, breaking down the bracket region by region. Here is 1A Division II Bracketology here on Texas Football Today. Bracketology brought to you by Dave Campbell's Texas Football Breaking Down, the 2020 Texas High School Football Playoff Brackets. I am Greg Tepper, and this is the smallest classification in the UIL, the 1A Division II bracket. We're talking six-man football and a wide-open bracket that does have a nine-time state champion and some other heavyweights in the six-man ranks. Let's go to Region 1 first. This, I think, is the most wide-open region. I don't know if there's a favorite kind of overwhelmingly here. Uh, I do like what Follett's been able to put together as the champions of Region or District 1, rather. Groom has been off to a fantastic start. A bit of a surprising uh, year for Groom. I think they have a chance to make a run. Uh, I'm interested in what Klondike can do. This is a team that I think started a little bit slow, but got stronger as the season went on. As I mentioned, I think Region 1 is wide open. I think there are four, five, six teams that you, know, you could see getting in there. By the way, first-timer Will Dorado into the playoffs. Let's go to Region 2 now. This is the power nexus, in my mind. This is the power center of, of Division Two, especially when you're dealing with Balmeray. Balmeray, of course, the number one team in our rankings in 1A Division Two. They have been fantastic. Of course, Vance Jones knows what he's doing out there with the Bears. But then you've got Jayton. And this right here, assuming they get past Laurent, assuming they get past Chillicothe, that is a heavyweight matchup. Balmeray, Jayton, those are outstanding teams, two district champions going at it. Bal uh, Benjamin's had a nice surprising year, but they have a huge challenge with Motley County, arguably the best second place team in the state. They have a big challenge in, in, on their hands. Blackwell's interesting. Blackwell's season has been really up and down, but if they get hot at the right time, they could really make a run. I think this is an absolutely loaded region. Going to be interesting to see who comes out of it. Again, all eyes on Balmeray and Jayton in a potential second round matchup. Let's now go over to region three. Region three has a number of kind of traditional powers. You start with teams like Strawn and Gordon here, of course. They played their rivalry game in Week 11. Strawn wins the district championship. That sets them up in good position. The sleeper here, and I don't know if it's a sleeper to, maybe it's just a sleeper to, to people who don't haven't been paying attention, Fannindel out of Ladonia. They have been excellent district champions this year. They're a team to keep an eye on. Tough road to hoe with Luders Voca in the first round. Keep an eye on Throckmorton as well. I think a sleeper. For me right now, I look at Strawn as probably the favorite. I think they're playing the best ball right now. And of course, they have that pedigree to boot. Let's go to Region 4, where all eyes are going to be on the nine-time state champion Richland Springs, right? They have been overwhelming. They've been excellent all year long. But I also think Region 4 got tougher. And I think that Region 4 is deeper this year. When you talk about Oglesby, I think has had a really nice underrated year. Brooksmith, a really nice year as well. But the team I've got my eye on, 
up here, Calvert. Keep an eye on them. I know that that is a squad that wants another piece of Richland Springs. If they get to a regional final, that is heavyweight stuff right there. Region 4 is going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, you've got to respect the uh, the nine-time looking for ten-time state champions in Richland Springs, but this game figures to be a lot of fun there in Region 4. Okay, so overall, when you take a look, at 1A Division 2, I think you've got some nice balance here. I do think this is the strength here in Region 2, but I think Region 1's pretty wide open. Region 3 is going to be a lot of fun because a lot of teams that know each other really well, and of course, the big looming giant there in Richland Springs at Region 4. But keep an eye on Calvert as well. A deep Region 1A Division 2 is always a lot of fun and always full of surprises. So, of course, we'll have complete coverage at TexasFootball.com. There it is, 1A Division 2 breakdown of the bracket there. Remember, only 32 teams in that bracket, on the six-man brackets. They uh, Only two teams from each district make the playoffs, and so we will have complete coverage for you at TexasFootball.com. One more thing to do, Pickle. Mm -hmm. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 11 Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Mission Veterans Memorial Defensive Coordinator Simon Mendoza facing Roma's tough slot T attack without the benefit of full pad practice during the week. The Patriots pitched a first half shutout and stymied the Gladiators the rest of the way to a 50-23 victory. Pasadena Adobe Offensive Coordinator Zach Witt. The Longhorns offense attack rather lit it up Friday night, racking up 449 yards total offense and a 41-21 win over Deer Park, their fourth consecutive game topping the 40-point mark. Seminole Offensive Coordinator Stephen Flowers rather, facing a win and in-game with 14 junior varsity players moved up to the varsity. The Indians' attack was on fire, ringing up 579 yards total offense in a 49-48 win over Level Land. And Brock Offensive Coordinator Cody Worrell. In a game decided to decide the district champion, the Eagles ran for 505 yards, threw for 160 yards, and hung 66 on pilot point in a resounding 66-21 win over the Bearcats. So those are the Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Now we go live to our chief Final Thoughts correspondent, Ashley Pickle, for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Ashley, do you read me? I do. Hey, Tep. Um, so... Mike Wiley asked a, a good question here. I've enjoyed Mike's comments today. Um, but he said, how many times have Step and Tep had a perfect bracket with regional winners and championship winners? Prob Just how good are they? I would need to check, but probably never. Probably never? Uh, well, we I'm sure we've gotten individual brackets right, but as far right. as full years, no. No. Um, it's, it, it, it'll happen. It'll, yeah. it'll probably happen twice. This week, this year, I bet we'll have, I bet we'll each have about two or maybe three brackets that we get all the regional winners right, mm -hmm. uh, and the state champion. Um, I will say this: this is just me, but as I was filling out my predictions, which you can find at TexasFootball.com, as I was filling out my my predictions, I would say that my it feels a little chalky. Some some of the brackets yeah. feel a little chalky. For example, we were just talking about two A division two, right? Mm -hmm. It feels like, and this is a spoiler alert, you can check my tech, picks textfall.com. It feels like it would be an upset if it wasn't Wellington, Hamlin, Mart, at least those three, mm -hmm. right? Down here, region four, you can go with Fall City, you can go with Cristoval. There's a couple of other teams that I think are, are dangerous. Fall C I Y. Yeah, I misspelled it. Uh, yeah, I would say that 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 one does feel a little chalky though. Mm -hmm. um, so, 
there's a couple of those that I feel like I feel like not every I don't feel great about every one of my regional picks, mm-hmm. but each bracket has one regional pick that I'd be like, that's the one. Like I yeah. will put my mortgage on that. Mm-hmm. Like for example, like I keep I know I keep saying it, but like I would be really stunned if Martin come out of Region Three. Right. Yeah, and it's one of those things like you can say, okay, Mart's definitely going to run Region Three, and then they're going to go on and be the like yeah. They're probably coming they're out of that right side. They're going to come out of it. Right. So exactly. it's like. So. Um, yeah. Okay. That's going to do it for us. Remember, there's no show tomorrow because Pickle has a thing. So. Yes. Uh, thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Vince Young, please give me your player of the year trophy. We'll see you Thursday on Texas Football Today.